was waiting for that last verse. <laughs> you fooled me. God is good all the time. And I just want to say something. Uh, it says in Psalm 22 and 3 that the Lord sits enthroned upon the, the praises of Israel. And uh, when we get together like this and we, we sing our praise, uh, we are creating a throne for God. It says there in Psalm 22 and 3, I mean, it, something's being taught here, that God sits enthroned upon the praises of his people. And uh, you want to know something? We could just go home right now, and everything that should have happened has happened. Uh, so uh, you guys, God is here. And he sits on his throne. And I'm going to have to be a little more careful about what I say. And you guys are going to have to be careful how you hear. Because I, I truly believe, I do believe, that God has, uh, has made his throne here among us this morning. All right. We have been working for a long time now on the whole idea of daring to dream God's dream. And uh, we've said quite a lot about this. We got today and then one more time. And then, then we're going to put it away for a while. But I want to start by just saying this, that everybody has a comfort zone. We'll talk about comfort zones this morning. There are certain people that we are comfortable with and certain people that we're not. There are ideas we're comfortable with and ideas that we're not. There's ways and habits and traditions, and we can go on and on and on, listing all these things. You know, we're used to having a certain income. We're used to having our certain possessions, and that becomes part of our comfort zone. We have a lifestyle. Geography will figure into your comfort zone. You get used to a certain part of the country or a certain place or a, a certain scene. Uh, it all becomes part of what makes your life comfortable. And um, there's even such a thing as a, as a comfort zone with regard to distance from other people. Uh, I think they, uh, the other words for this is personal distance. Some people have a uh, closer personal distance than, than other people do. There are two people that I've met in my life who got too close to me. <laughs> they got into my comfort zone. They got into my personal space. First, time, first person I met was uh, years and years ago on the campus of uh, Michigan Christian College. His name is Marcel, and he was from uh, France. He, was, he had come to the U.S. to work on, at the college and everything, and from France, and you know, he, he, he could speak English, but barely, okay? And uh, the first time I met him, this guy got up like right here. I'm not used to that. And uh, you know, I, I, I'd back up a little bit uh, when he got there, and, and I'd try to kind of ease away, but he stopped coming right up to me and kept going. Well, this, this went on and on for several weeks there before I figured out what to do about Marcel. And the next time he uh, came up to me and started talking, and he was like right up here, I went. <laughs> it worked. I got into his personal space, and I uh, got into his comfort zone, and he started backing up, and I chased him around for a while, just <laughs> let him know. <laughs> Didn't say anything. But I learned something from Marcel that was important later on, because just a few years later, I met a woman 
an older woman uh, whose personal space was about the same as his. And it was in a, the foyer of a church building. Her name was Manon. And uh, I'd never met her before. And uh, they were just kind of visiting there, but she got right up here like this again. And I, but I knew what to do. <laughs> I let her chase me for a little while, but then I just come right back at her, and pretty soon she was walking. I got her. What I'm saying, we all have a comfort zone where we're comfortable with how things are, with the space, spacing between us and other people, with the place where we are with what we have, with our ideas, the people we're around, all of those things make up our comfort zone. And everyone has a comfort zone, I, I, I promise you. But here's the deal, you cannot let your comfort zone rule your life. Your comfort zone can become your prison. You get very suffocating if you don't learn how to step outside of your comfort zone. If you can't get beyond your comfort zone, your life can get really boring. You're not going to be doing much that is new or exciting or challenging. And here's the main thing. God's dreams for us usually lie outside of our comfort zone. He doesn't give us dreams that allow us to stay inside of that little, that little uh, cubby hole that we like to call our comfort zone. Usually the, the dreams that God has for us is going to involve us stepping outside, getting outside of what I'll call the comfort zone. If we're willing not, not willing to get outside of our comfort zone, we may be cutting off God's dream for us. All right, let's, let's keep going here. I've found that it's hard to move people out of their comfort zone once they've found it. It's difficult. And in fact, uh, you may not be all that comfortable in your comfort zone, but you stay there anyway because it's familiar and predictable, and you feel kind of safe there even though you may be miserable. You ever think about that? I'm in my comfort zone, but I'm miserable. It doesn't sound right, does it? But I really think that there are people who have found their, their place of what's familiar to them, what's predictable. You know, they, they know what's going on. They know what the score is. They may be suffering somewhat or maybe a lot, but they don't leave. It kind of happens sometimes with uh, people who are in abusive relationships, abusive marriages or whatever. Uh, they're getting beat up. They're getting knocked around, but, uh, but they don't leave because at least they know it's predictable. And this happened, uh, has happened several times, but the, the, the time I'm thinking about is, are, are, are the things that happened at the end of the Second World War as the Allies came into the, the, the countries of Western Europe and began to uh, free those people who were in those concentration camps and were prisoners of war. And something really strange happened. You would think, who would want to be in a concentration camp? Who would want to stay there? But as they went through Europe and they, they released these people from their captivity in, in these concentration camps, this happened fairly often. Those prisoners would walk out and look around, blink their eyes, and turn around and go right back inside the place where they came from. And it's like they couldn't, uh, couldn't see that maybe things were better out here. It was safe and predictable inside, and so that became their comfort zone, even though they were suffering. They needed to step outside the gates of the, of the war camp, learn what it was all about. That, that happened to Israel. The nation of Israel had been slaves in Egypt for 400 years, and when Moses finally leads them out of their slavery, you're going to hear this over and over and over again in Exodus. Hey, what did you bring us out here for? We were better off back there. 
I mean, I know we're free here, but man, this is, this is not good. We'd rather be back there in our comfort zone in Egypt. Well, despite people wanting to stay in their comfort zones, regardless, the Bible is full of times when God called people out of their comfort zone to dream his dream, to follow his plan. One of those times was in our scripture reading this morning from Exodus chapter 3 and 4. It's about when Moses, uh, you know, in the, in the middle part of his life, from about age 40 to age 80, he was a shepherd in Midian. And, you know, that's, you know, I'm sure there was some excitement every now and then uh, being a shepherd out there on the hills of Midian and watching after sheep and all that. And I, I know he had a few little exciting times. But for the most part, I think Moses just kind of settled into his groove, you know. He had, he, he had his life under control. He knew what was coming tomorrow and the next day and the next day, and he knew what his responsibilities were. And it all became kind of predictable. And then one day he runs onto this burning bush. And God begins to say things to him through that bush. The angel of Jehovah begins to say things to him and to call him out of his nice little life there in the comfort zone, being a shepherd for him. And, and, and Moses argues with him. If, if you read this story, and we read a little part of it here this morning in our scripture reading, Moses said, well, Lord, who am I? Who's going to pay any attention to me? And then God says, I'll be with you. And then he says, well, if I go and say something to the Pharaoh, who am I going to say is sending me? And God said, just tell him I am has sent you. And then he said, well, they won't believe me. And God says, I'm going to give you some signs. Some miraculous stuff you can do in front of him. It'll get his attention. And, and then he says, you know, and besides that, I can't even talk. I'm just tongue-tied when I'm in front of people. I can't talk. And that's when God says, well, don't worry. you got a brother who can. He'll be your sidekick. He'll be your guy. You tell him what to say, and he'll say it. We'll work all this out. And so here, just a prime example of God calling Moses out of his comfort zone. To, to go and do something. God had a dream for Moses. He had a dream for the people of Israel. And it was, it, was, it was a dream that was going to involve Moses and him stepping outside the comfort zone. Now, this, this whole scenario that I'm talking about here is repeated over and over again. If you go to the story of Gideon in Judges chapter 6, same thing happens again. Gideon doesn't want to do it, doesn't want to go. He likes, he likes his little life just the way it is. And, and God's about to make him do some stuff he doesn't want to do. You look at the, the, the example of Esther. Esther was perfectly content being the queen of the Medo-Persian Empire and not going around the king unless he wanted her to come. And all of a sudden, she's got to go in there and basically risk her life. God is asking her to go risk her life to save her people. Definitely getting called out of your comfort zone there. When Jesus called the, 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 the 12 apostles, you know, that they all had different, uh, different occupations, but... The first four of them were fishermen, and they had their nice little life. I mean, they, it was pretty much predictable. You get up at, what, 4 o'clock in the morning, and you get your stuff together, and you go out there, and you fish, and you bring it back in, and clean up your nets, and you go home and do your stuff. Nice little life going on there, isn't it? They're in their comfort zone. And, man, then Jesus came along, and next thing you know, these guys are just like, wow, they're in trouble <laughs> all the time. And they're just amazed at what the things that Jesus is doing. They're following him around. They forgot all about their jobs. All of a sudden, they're, they're out of their comfort zone. This definitely happened to Peter out there on the Sea of Galilee in the middle of a storm. The 12, uh, 12 disciples are all in that boat. 
And Jesus comes walking on the water, scares him to death. And, and when Peter realizes Jesus is standing out there on the water, what does he say? He says, Lord, if that's really you, tell me to come out there and be with you. Tell me to walk to you. And Jesus said, come. So Peter does what? Definitely, you know, in, in the boat is the comfort zone. Out of the boat, walking on the waters, that's definitely out of the comfort zone. And he's out there walking toward Jesus. It's just amazing, isn't it? I'm thinking also of the rich young ruler. Luke chapter 18. This, uh, this guy comes to see Jesus. The, here it is, Luke 18, starting at verse 18. A ruler questioned him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said, All these things I have kept from my youth. I've got my life together here. I've, I've figured it out. And I'm, st I'm, I'm just day by day, I'm doing the things that you've asked me to do. And it, it's a nice life. <laughs> when Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack, sell all that you possess and distribute it to the poor. You shall have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when he had heard these things, he became very sad for he was extremely rich. What Jesus realized about this young man and what this young man didn't realize about himself was that he was very accustomed to having those things, all the stuff that went into his lifestyle, the money, the possessions, the house, and all of that. And even though he was a good man in, in a lot of ways, he was a guy that was just kind of living in the comfort zone, and Jesus knew exactly where to invite him to come out. He said, you know all that stuff you got that you think is so important? Just lay it off to the side and come and follow me. So another example of Jesus calling people out of their comfort zone. And we could multiply many more examples of this. All right. You cannot dream God's dream and stay in your comfort zone at the same time. That's what I'm coming around to. And it's a very strange prayer that we pray sometimes. It goes something like this. Lord, give me your dream. Lord, you've got a dream for me. I know you do. Give me your dream. But just don't ask me to go anywhere I've never been before. And don't ask me to do anything I've never done before. And don't ask me to be with people who are unfamiliar to me. And don't ask me to get by with any less than what I've become accustomed to or use any methods that are unfamiliar to me. And don't ask me to think any new thoughts or change my mind about anything, but other than that, I'm all yours. Just take me, Lord, and use me. I'm ready to dream your dream. Well, if it wasn't so sad, it'd be funny, wouldn't it? But I, but I think if you get right down to the nub of a lot of Christians... That's basically what they say to the Lord. I'm, re I'm ready to dream your dream, Lord. Just don't ask me to do anything unusual, <laughs> anything I haven't been doing for the last 20 years. What happens when we live in the comfort zone? Well, there are risks there. Uh, well, I've I'm, I'm got myself turned around here. What happens when we live in the comfort zone? Number one, there's no risk involved in the comfort zone because you know all about it, and there's no failures. But then there's no great successes either. And there's a lot of missed opportunities. I want you to think for just a minute about the one-talent servant in the parable of the talents. This is Matthew 25. And you guys know this story. I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but 
you know, it was basically the three servants, and they all got differing amounts, uh, different talents, so to speak, and they were responsible to use these, and then the master comes back. Well, when the master came back for an accounting, you remember what the one-talent servant said to the master? This is Matthew 25, 24 and 25. And the one also who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. Now, let me just stop and make a comment about this. This is the servant's opinion of his master. This is who he thought his master was. In point of fact, the master is not that person. And, and, and if you read this, the account of this over in Luke, you'll catch this, but you don't catch it so much in Matthew. This is what the, the, the servant thought about his master. But the master's not really like this. But the master's doing something here. He says, okay, this is who you think I am. All right, we're going to just, the judgment I'm going to give you is going to be based on who you think I am and how you've responded. But he says, but so the guy comes up and he says, uh, the one also who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man. That's what I think about you. Reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And so what did I do? I just did the only logical thing a guy could do. I was afraid. I went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. I'm playing, I played it safe, Lord. I played it safe. I, I, I wasn't comfortable doing anything with this talent you'd give me. I didn't want to lose it. didn't want anything to happen to it. So I just went out and hid it. And that's what I'm comfortable doing. I didn't want to risk it. So the master comes back to him. This is verse 26, 28, and then verse 30. But his master answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy slave. So you knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed? Is that what you think of me? And then he turns around and says to the servants, he says, Take away the talent from him and give it to the guy who has the ten talents. And throw out this worthless slave into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So the master wasn't really as hard as what the guy thought, but that's what he thought about him. And, and the master kind of went with it, and he judges him based on that. But here's, uh, here's the thing. The Lord had rather see us fall flat on our faces than see us live a life that requires little or no faith. And that's really what's going on with this one-talent guy. There, there was no risk. There was no, uh, uh, no chance of any, of any kind of a failure because he just took it, that thing out and he buried it. But what, what you learn in the parable of the talents is God had rather see us fall flat on our faces than see us live a life that requires little or no faith, a life where we are stuck in our comfort zone. Life in the comfort zone requires little faith, and that's exactly what's wrong with it. It's almost impossible to dream God's dream for you and live in the comfort zone at the same time. Now, let's go to number seven. What happens when we get out of the comfort zone? Well, we are going to make some mistakes. But overall, I am confident there will be growth. We are going to have some failures. But overall, I think we're going to have more successes than we do failures. We are going to run into problems that we never would have had if we had just stayed in our comfort zone. You know, there's problems out there out in the comfort zone. You know, you've got everything under control. It, you, you know how to manage everything. If you get outside the comfort zone, all of a sudden you've got problems coming up that you never had before. And so that's why some people kind of go back and say, you know, that's where I want to be. I want to stay right there. And so you run into problems that you never would have had if you'd stayed in the comfort zone. But those are the right kind of problems to have. 
Those are the kind of problems God wants for us. Uh, if you get outside the comfort zone, you're going to be criticized and opposed by some people. But I want you to remember what Jesus said. This is the very last of the, uh, of the Beatitudes. He says, Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you, and say all manner of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And Jesus just warned us up in front. He said, hey, this is going to happen. Uh, but it will be your blessing. When men actually start saying bad things about you and persecuting you and, and giving you all kinds of trouble. He said, that's good. Because that's how they treated the prophets. And he said, that's how you know when you're actually amounting to something. You're actually accomplishing something. When you make a few people mad. All right. How do you get out of the comfort zone? I have a simple three-step plan. <laughs> okay. A simple three-step plan. Step one. We ought to pray about it. I mean, you ought to pray about everything. You ought to need to ask God about everything you're getting ready to do. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, right in there. So we ought to pray about it, but not very long. Sometimes prayer becomes our excuse for delay. Sometimes it becomes our excuse for doing nothing indefinitely. And I know some people who have never gotten past the first step, if they ever bothered to pray the prayer in the first place. But we ought to pray. I'm just saying there comes a time when you've got to quit and you've got to do something. You can ask God what you ought to try first outside your comfort zone. You could ask God for his guidance and his courage and, and his wisdom to help you in making that first step. You could ask him when and where you ought to be getting out of the boat and walking on the water. Where, when does that happen, Lord? So that's step one. We ought to pray, but just not very long. Here's step two. In a cold-blooded, premeditated way, once you have figured out what God is asking you to do, just do that thing that you've never done before. Just do it. And one of three things will happen. There's only three possibilities when you actually do this thing, whatever it is that you've figured out from your time of prayer. Number one, you, it may go great. And you may, it may just be wonderful, and you may say, hey, this is it. I've, I've, done, I've, I've finally done something for the Lord. It's great, and I'm loving it. That, that would be the first option. second option might be this. You may be all right, but at least you know that if you keep working at it, you'll get better at it. Okay? It's kind of a middle type thing. And here's the third option. You may just fall flat on your face, which means maybe you need to go back and pray some more and, and kind of get some more, uh, uh, some more ideas about wh which way to go. But here's the deal. Any of those three options, any of those three that I've just mentioned here that could happen if you actually just decided to go do what it is that God has been calling you to do if you did it, any of those three options are acceptable and pleasing to God. Any one of those three. The only option that's not acceptable to God is one I haven't mentioned, and that is to do nothing. And that's what the, the guy there in Matthew 25 was all about. The one talent servant. So we got step one. You ought to pray about it, but not very long. Step two, then you just get cold-blooded 
And in a premeditated way, you just go ahead and do it. Just, you know, it's like jumping in ice cold water. I'm just going to do it. And here comes step three. Step three is this. Repeat steps one and two until you finally get over yourself. Did you hear what I said? Repeat steps one and two until you finally get over yourself. That is the biggest barrier that most people have. It's just getting over themselves. Most of the prisons that we live in is a comfort zone that we've constructed or something that we have limited ourselves in some way or the other, and God can't use us because we've built this little nice little cushy wall all around of ourselves, and nothing's going to happen. All right, here's some things that might take you outside of your comfort zone. First of all, you might try giving more than what you're actually comfortable with, with giving. It could actually become a sacrifice. That would be at least a, that would be kind of a step out of your comfort zone, wouldn't it? You mean give more than what I give? Yeah, that, that, that's definitely a possibility. That would take you out of your comfort zone. Um, you, you know, you might go to work and, and you know, the, the person you've been working beside for the last 14 years you might just say, hey, how about coming with me to church next Sunday? That would be outside a lot of people's comfort zones. But, you know, after 14 years, yeah, hey, why don't you come to church with me on Sunday? That would be a, a step outside the comfort zone. Or maybe there's a family member you've been thinking about for a long, long, long time, praying about, and finally it comes a time you just say, okay, come with me. Um. You know, you might go ahead and take the first step in resolving some kind of long-standing conflict. That is very brave. That's definitely out of our comfort zone. To actually go and fix something that we know is broken. To take the initiative. Maybe, uh, maybe you could just finally volunteer to teach a class or something at church. Maybe you could get involved in a ministry that kind of stretches, stretches you some way or the other. Or maybe you decide, maybe you could decide that, you know, this year, uh, in July, I'm going to give a week as a camp counselor. I'm just going to go out there and be with the kids. I'm going to sweat and stink and everything else and, I, and, and have bugs. But I'm going to do it for the kids. We're really going to have a good time. Or maybe you could volunteer your home for home groups. That's a, that's a big step for some people to have other people come into their homes. And they've never done it. But you could make the step, couldn't you? You could get out of your comfort zone and allow other people to come in. Maybe you could put together a, a, a work project for something that needs to be done here at church. Or maybe you could uh, just sit in a different place on Sunday. Get really brave. Just sit in a different place on Sunday and actually get up at some point and say hello to somebody that's close by and find out who it has been sitting there for the last five years and actually learn their name. I'm talking about getting out of your comfort zone. We have burrowed down pretty tight. And I'm saying these are just small things that anybody can do. Or maybe... Uh, Maybe you take the scripture reading one Sunday morning, or maybe you agree to lead the prayer for the first time. All those things are, are steps outside of our comfort zone, but they're steps that have to be made. 
And for some of us, any of these things would move us out of our comfort zone. It would be more than we've ever done before. And all I want to say is we live, probably live too long in our comfort zones. Now, I've been talking about overcoming the comfort zone of individuals. But this comfort zone business applies to churches, too. I have been associated with churches in the past that, were, that got stuck in their comfort zone. They were pretty much satisfied with where they were and what they were doing. They had no vision for the future other than just do more of what they've been doing for the past 25 years. They just figured if they kept doing that, everything's going to be fine. Because we found the magic formula back, you know, two elderships ago. That everything works so good, and that's how we're going to do it, and we'll just be doing this until the Lord comes back. So there's no vision for the future other than just do more of what we've been doing. Nothing controversial is allowed to happen. Nothing that would disturb the peace of the congregation. Above all else, keep peace no matter what. Got a nice bulletin and a Sunday school for the kids and a teen program and a good preacher, and we baptize a dozen people every year. That's... Whatever you do, though, don't, don't rock the boat. Don't do anything that would upset anybody. That was a congregation. I mean, I know this congregation. That was a congregation that didn't need to just have its boat rocked. It needed to have the boat turned over. And it's about half the size it used to be. It only took it 20 years to go from 250 down to 125. Let me ask you something. Could you think of at least one congregation that could use a little rocking of the boat? Just think real hard now. Go ahead. I'm going to give you some time. Just think about it. Can you even think of just one congregation somewhere that might need this boat rocked a little bit? You know what we say? You know, we say if we step outside our comfort zone, it's, it, it could get wild and crazy and dangerous out there. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The comfort zone is probably the most dangerous place that you could live. Because it will suck the life right out of you. And it will cut us off from the dreams that God has for us because God's dreams for us are not in our comfort zone. They are somewhere else. And if we're going to dream God's dream, we've got to step outside of those boundaries. We got one more lesson. Um, this is going. To call, this is called selfish dreams. And uh, a couple weeks, we'll be back. We'll be working on that. Is there anyone here this morning that wants to become a Christian? If there is. Um, we're going to sing a hymn. We certainly invite you to come forward, to confess your faith in Jesus, to repent of your sins, to be baptized in his name, to become a child of God. And we can take care of all that before you leave. And if there's someone here who's a Christian already, and you just know you've got to get some stuff off your chest, some things need to be said to the church, confession, repentance, whatever it is, uh, this invitation is for you also. If you need to respond, please come to the front.